I don't think that they recognize how much time needs to go into studying great copy. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. We're back with another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen, and we're here with a very interesting guest I've wanted to get on the show for a long time, someone whose programs I have taken personally, uh, some of his DVD programs and so forth I have bought. He is a fascinating copywriting story, and I just want to welcome Harlan Kilstein to the show. Hey, thanks for, um, uh, thanks for welcoming. Thanks for chasing me down. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, taking a while. We won't talk about how many years it took. <laughs> it's taken a couple years for sure. Uh, but here we are. And I think you're of a particular interest to myself personally, and probably our audience, uh, which is comprised of largely freelance copywriters and people looking to get into that as a, as a career vocation, because you sort of had a very meteoric rise in your copywriting career uh, and where it's taken you since then. And so maybe take us back, Harlan, to the very beginning, like how you got, what you were doing and then how you got involved in this wacky marketing world. I'm sorry, did you say mediocre rise or meteoric? Me- meteoric, meteoric. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just checking. Gosh, I was the last person that I would have thought what a copywriter was. I mean, I probably would have been one of those idiots who thought that a copywriter was someone who who went and copyrighted something. (laughs) Uh, And I've got my share of inquiries of people going, can you copyright my new book? And (laughs) I explained to them that that's not what I do. And they listen to the whole thing and they say, okay, well, can you do it anyway? (laughs) uh, So, um, I was in education and left education to open up a hypnosis um, business. It was hypnosis weight loss clinic. Okay. And the hypnosis weight loss clinic, they gave us full page ads, quarter page ads, whatever. And this was my first exposure to direct response advertising. And it was really, really uh, interesting. We would have these ads, put them in the paper, and then shortly after these ads would um, would appear, the phone would start to ring. And people would come in, consultations, we would sell them, and money. And, and it worked really good. <sighs> Except what happened was that the office, which had promised to give us tons and tons of new ads, all of a sudden there are tons and tons of new ads, started to fade and we weren't getting them. And it just so happened that one of the people who was involved in this franchise was Rich Sheffrin. He had the New York office. Okay. And he was doing to- his own ads. Mm-hmm. So my brother lived in New York, would steal Rich's ads, send them down to me. I would copy them and um, my phone would ring. I'm like, hey, that was a good deal. And then I met Rich at one of the conferences and everybody else was going around going, okay, I know this hypnotic induction. I know this hypnotic induction. (laughs) And 
I'm off on the side uh, talking to Rich about, okay, how do you really make money in this thing? <laughs> um, and we became friends. And Rich said, you, you know what? You got to study this guy's ads. You know, who? Jay Abraham. Okay. So I started collecting Jay Abraham stuff. And then he said, oh, I got uh, tickets to see uh, Dan Kennedy at his last copywriting boot camp. I have a free pass. Uh, Want to go? Okay, it's the right price. I'll go. <laughs> um, and I went, and there was this room of people who all of whom knew who Dan Kennedy was, but I didn't. And I just loved what he was teaching. And they had some really big speakers there who I had never heard of, but everybody else did. And there were lots of assignments to come up with headlines. And I remember Jeff Paul taught a session and everybody broke up into groups to do headlines. And everybody else was struggling and they had cards they were looking at and their headlines sounded awful. And I was just rattling headlines off the top of my head like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> and people were looking at me and go, how long were you, have you been copywriting? And I said, I don't really know what that is. I was just having a grand old time. I had funny headlines, serious headlines. And one of the people who spoke that day was John Calton. And Calton spoke and he pitched. And I was like, did he just say $1,500 for a program? <laughs> I was like, okay, I like the guy, but $1,500 for a program? No. <laughs> um, a month later, Gary Halbert held a seminar in Phoenix, and you could bring friends if you went. So I went, I bought it, and, and brought Sheffrin and another friend, and went down there, and, and Calton spoke. And he spoke the first day. First, Halbert spoke, and then Calton spoke, and I really liked Calton. And I went up to him at the hall, and I said, you know, I saw you in um, uh, Kennedy, and I, I didn't buy, and I saw you today, and you know, it's really good, but whatever. And Colton just looked at me and went, just do it. <laughs> so I did it. Right. And I came aboard and he had a coaching program and it was email coaching and you could get as much coaching as you want, as long as you did the work. And John likes to say today that I broke his coaching program <laughs> because, you know, I would write some copy and John would write back and make some adjustments. And then like two hours later, I had redone the copy and sent it into him. And he'd be like, what? What's with this guy? And he would give me more critiques and whatever. And he was trying to get rid of me. So he, he later said that he was actually trying to make me cry. Um, and I just kept coming back for more. And uh, finally, he shut down the coaching program because there was this idiot abusing it. <laughs> I wonder who that was. But, but we became really friendly. And as I went along the way, I would send him stuff and he would go, oh, man, if I keep coaching you in the golf market, my clients are going to get pissed at me. This is good. Um, and then I would do sales letters and say, hey, Harlan, can I get a copy of this program, whatever it is you're selling? And, um, you know, we became friends and I became part of his uh, inner circle. I took some of the lessons that I was getting from Kennedy and uh, Carlton and others along the way, 
And I started writing my own ads. And the phone rang off the hook. These ads would, would be successful. And they were, the phone would be ringing in the middle of the night, you know, like we're in office, <laughs> but people would go like, they had to call. And we, we, I learned to put codes in uh, my ads so I could track which ads. And people would call for, for like five years after the office closed. People <laughs> were popping the, carrying around these ads, calling and, and saying, hey, I'm calling for a department, whatever. And we would start <laughs> laughing. It's like, you know, they've been carrying the ad around for that long because they couldn't forget about it and they wanted whatever it was. So that's how I got started in copy. And then I eventually left the hypnosis business and went into copywriting full time and came out like a house on fire. The name of my site, which is being rebuilt, it's blank now, is overnightcopy.com, overnight-copy.com. And literally, I would do copy overnight on deadlines. Wow. And I got a reputation and all kinds of people started hiring me. Jay Abraham hired me. Um, I started getting the reputation of the guy who got results. And through Jay Abraham, I did a coaching program. I did a letter for him, Stephen Pierce, and, uh, and Rich Sheffrin. That was like the largest webinar in history at the time. Then I did a coaching letter for them, and they were making millions off that. I did a, um, a sales letter for Rich Sheffrin for his uh, internet uh, marketing manifesto. I basically wrote the manifesto, mm-hmm. and he sold it out in just a few hours and then sold out like a program without coaching in a few more hours. It was just insane. And I went on to write for people like Harv Ecker and put his uh, book, Secrets of Millionaire Mind, on the bestseller list. People like Wayne Dyer, Sonia Choquette. Uh, by now, um, I, I had just written for hundreds and hundreds of people. Written umpteen times for Mind Valley. Um, just right. on and on and on. And along the way, I started turning things into my own products, uh, making bundles and bundles of money, and taking all of the techniques that I had learned in hypnosis and started applying them to copy as well. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got to where I am. Now I'm just like your lovable, uh, <laughs> angry copywriter that everybody loves to hate. <laughs> You do seem to have a uh, something that I I quite enjoy. I think is is you have a degree of infamy. Oh yeah, a uh, degree of infamy because I don't I, I don't put up with stupidity well. Right. So um, I respond to stupidity. <laughs> to trolling and so forth. Yeah, um, and whatever. Uh, that's where my interests lie. Okay. Right. Now that you know who I am. And my notoriety has been brought up, although calm me down in my old age. <laughs> well, you also wrote the letter, uh, you were involved in the writing of the letter for the Neil Strauss product as well, right? Yeah, that was the annihilation uh, method. And um, I think it was the fastest million made online. It was, um, I had written a, a crazy headline for. Stephen Pierce's blogging program, 
Mm. And I'm in a bar at, you know, one of the internet marketing things and, and, and Frank Kern comes up to me and he goes, Kilstein, yeah. Um, I read that letter that you wrote for the blogging thing. He goes, man, that was really good. He said, would you write for me? So um, he hired me to write his serializer letter. That was around the time that uh, John Reese had done his million dollar day. And so Frank wanted to beat John, but he decided that he was going to do it in two sessions. So he had uh, 60 people at the first one and 40 at the second one um, just to get a million dollars. And um, I wrote the sales letter and the lead was so good that people, Frank calls me up the night before he goes, Harlan, somebody broke into my site found your sales letter and bought, um, and I haven't <laughs> opened it yet. What should I do? Should I return the money? Went, no, keep the money. Okay. So, um, I mean, it sold out in, in hours. Uh, and then I wrote a bunch of stuff for Frank. So then he decided that when he went to Reese and said, hey, you know, um, I made a million dollars too. Reese said, yeah, but you didn't make it in a day. So it became his obsession. <laughs> and Frank, uh, Frank's cousin Trey saw this, the business with the, the, the book, uh, what was the um, Neil Strauss, the game? Right. Uh, was so big. So they thought that there might be a product in it. Hmm. And Frank came to me and he said, you know, I don't care about this. I just want to beat, um, <laughs> I just want to beat Reese. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> fine. I was at Reese's um, thing, and frankly, he deserved to be beaten. So um, <laughs> he came to me about the idea. I went and got the book, and I read it, and I said, okay. He said, the only thing is, you know, we don't have a product. I said, Frank, get a bunch of guys to come and watch the filming of the product. Charge them some outrageous price and that will pay for the whole filming, and it'll pay my fee and everything up front. <laughs> Great. And Frank goes like, you know, like, how much can we get for this? And I said, I don't know, like seven, $8,000. He goes, are you serious? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm serious. So they sold it at like $7,500, and people flew from all around the world to be at this thing. And they had the money, and they recorded it, and they made it look really good. And he came back and said, okay, now we need a sales letter. And I just had such a good time with that sales letter. And Frank <laughs> was doing his, that was Frank was doing the emails, and the emails were insane. Um, and also, um, Neil Strauss was a very straight guy. Right. And and Frank warned me that I really had to be careful, you know, don't don't hype it, don't exaggerate. And then he goes and puts out an email called the Magic Mirror, where <laughs> Neil gets off an airplane and people just want to have sex with him. And he doesn't <laughs> But don't hype it. Yeah. Right, but don't hype it. And it made people just want the product. The demand was crazy. So eventually I read the sales letter. Um, I actually did it live in about a 90-minute session. People were watching me. Wow. It went up on 
uh, a Saturday morning and um, they made $1.2 million in um, something like 20 minutes. Now you so he got to he got to beat John Reese's record and he was happy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do anything. They didn't do anything further with it. He was done. That's crazy. No upsells, no this, no that, no coaching programs. It's just I beat Reese. <laughs> and you had you were sort of became sort of known too, I guess, probably through the live writing of that letter of being somebody who is very good at adapting you know, uh, winning letters for different products or, you know, swipe using swipe files and so forth. That sort of became in my mind, at least attached to you somehow. I would swipe a letter so that the person who wrote it, the original letter never recognized it. Right. <laughs> I sent the letter to Carlton once and he goes, this is a really good letter. Can I get a hold of this product? <laughs> and I say, I said, John, do you recognize the letter? He goes, no. I said, John, it's the one-legged golfer. <laughs> and he looks at it and he goes, you bastard, it is. <laughs> but it went totally past him. He didn't realize it. So that when I would swipe a letter, the person never knew that it was um, uh, whatever letter it was. That's one of your sort of secrets, I would say. Um, yeah. Because you seem to talk about that in a lot of your products and sort of teach that throughout various places yes um i do but the most important thing is when you do that you have to cross swipe you don't swipe from the same niche right so i swiped from a golf product to a personal development product right i'll swipe from personal development products to a supplement product um because good sales letters have the same structure they have a certain cadence a tone and if it's a proven sales letter i'll just swipe it across the board what are some of the things you learned through your copy career perhaps about the early part of it where you rose to prominence and infamy and that things are maybe that are counterintuitive that maybe people just hearing your story wouldn't immediately recognize I don't think that they recognize how much time needs to go into studying great copy. Right. And people just think, you know, or they don't study, they don't read guys today, you know, or, or they'll, they'll think that the only thing they have to do is study the Halbert letter and, and, <laughs> and, or they'll, you know, they'll copy every letter Halbert ever wrote and think that that's making them a copywriter. And I don't think that it's done that much for them. To tell you the truth, I don't think that um, uh, it's helped them. And um, but what do I know? I'm just the um, <laughs> just the just the man that's done it a certain way. Just the man who's done it a certain way. So I mean, the bottom line is that um, I have uh, different uh, ways of uh, of doing things, and um, um, the old ways are, are necessarily the best ways. And when you refer to the old ways, are you talking about people hand copying out letters or? Yeah, I don't think that that is even worth the time anymore. And what, what should people be replacing it with? Studying copy that's working as building swipe files, reading copy every day. Um, that I consider worth it. 
and they should be in there looking for the structure of these winning letters and how they're, and the, like you said, you name, you name three or four things that I think are important too, which is like the structure of it, the cadence uh, of the various letters and so forth, because they all have their own sort reading of rhythm. It, reading it out loud. Right. The stumbling points you hear by reading it out loud. Yeah. So I don't see people doing that. Um, I don't see people with collections of Magalogs um, like they used to do. I don't see people collecting any of that stuff. Right. Did you go back when you first started and, and, and look at ads from like way back? Um, actually, what I did was I went on to eBay and I bought every swipe file that I could get. And people knew that I would pay good money for a swipe file. So like one or two copywriters, they were closing things down and they um, sent me, uh, they said, hey, Harlan, you know, I got this whole tons of stuff. Uh, Want to buy them? And the answer was always, hell yeah. <laughs> right. That's just money sitting there waiting to be accessed. And, and so I always said, um, I always said yes. And, and got huge collections. I mean, these days, people couldn't get, um, you know, where are you going to get Ben Savenga stuff, the old classic mm. stuff? Yeah. You know, everybody knows about his ham letter. But right. um, what about the other stuff that he's done? You don't see that anymore. So um, I went ahead and started getting that stuff and studying that stuff. I remember when I went to the Ben Savenga uh, uh, 500 or whatever it was, Ben right. Savenga 100, Indianapolis 500, whatever it was. <laughs> um, His seminar, yeah. Um, I took in, a, a, I had a Magalog of his that I blew up and took it to him to sign. And he looked at it and like, whoa, somebody, um, uh, <laughs> somebody's done his work. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Um, you know, I, I made it a point to study this stuff right. um, that other people didn't. And um, because of that, you know, I got good really quickly pretty much because I studied stuff and they would not study the stuff. So you would do the work and most people don't. I would do the work. I would study, you know, I, I would buy products. I would buy golf magazines, wrestling magazines, just to see what the latest Colton ads. Right. Bottom line is that started to make a significant, significant difference. Yeah, obviously. Now, did you, I mean, uh, I've heard Dan Kennedy talk about going, I mean, he studied ads from like the turn of the century and stuff in some of these old newspapers. I, I had done stuff like that, um, you know, a while mm -hmm. ago. I stopped doing it and started moving to more modern stuff because right. like Gene Schwartz says, you know, stuff changes over time and you can't do the old stuff you can't keep running the old stuff mm -hmm. so i want to see what's working in copy people there was a guy who took a, a gene schwartz letter right. and ran it as an ad today and it bombed of course yeah because it's not with the time someone thought oh there's some magic to it it's going to work because um, <laughs> he did it 
And guess what? It, it didn't. So bottom line is this stuff, it works, but I don't find people really spending the time on, on getting good. They, you know, they, they're all overnight heroes and they haven't spent any time in the trenches um, screwing up. And they don't have people, um, they don't me get mentors. So their, their stuff is just like pretty pathetic. Yeah, so if people want to avail themselves of your uh, wonderful teaching methods and so forth and... Uh, oh, get abused? Okay. <laughs> Where should they go or, or how do they get a hold of you, period? Uh, well, the easiest way is to find me on Facebook where I um, keep my disguise of Harlan Kilstein <laughs> and, and reach out and send me a message and um, uh, lots of money and, and see, you know, the first thing that I'm going to do is just because someone reaches out to me does not mean necessarily that I'm going to work with them. Um, I want, I'm going to want to take a look at what they're doing. I'm going to want to see, are they, um, can I have an impact on them? Um, and, and if I can, then I'm going to um, take a look at working for them. But unless they, you know, I can take someone from, uh, from, from zero and make them a great copywriter quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I can take someone who is willing to learn and make them better. But somebody who knows way more than I do, um, it's probably not going to be a fit. And, and, of course, there are people who know a hell of a lot more than I do. Right. Most, most people do. Just ask them. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks, Harlan, for taking the time. I really want to thank you for finally uh, coming uh, on fame, here. Fame. Fame. I did it. I made it. <laughs> we, were, we were victorious. Made it to David's podcast. You know, by the way, I think yeah. this may be the second podcast I've ever been on. Really? Yeah. What? Well, I feel well, very... See, uh, I'm a pain in the ass to everybody. Nobody gets <laughs> I kind of got that <laughs> over the years. <laughs> but you didn't give up, so I did not give up. No, I'm I'm relentless, if nothing else. Well, there you go. Relentless, <laughs> relentlessity works. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Harlan, and and for everybody else. Uh, we'll be back with another edition of the podcast. Hopefully, as as fun and entertaining <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you can track down and stalk <laughs> someone else. Exactly. As soon as I can unearth yet another gem like uh, our friend Harlan Kilstein here. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.